Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Katafimo with Believe in Angels on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? We are back. It has been a very long time, but regardless, we are here. We're ready to talk sports. There's a lot to talk about, uh, and we're excited to talk about it. I am, of course, as I mentioned a few seconds ago, I'm Philip Katafimo, joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Jim Eisenacher. Sir, how are you doing today? Yeah, you know what? Everything is right in the world. I mean, we're finally back together, just like, you know, Gronk and Brady are going to be back together. So it's, right. it's, it's two dynamic duos coming together. We have a lot to discuss. We, we may even talk about that a little bit. As some of you may know, Rob Gronkowski was just traded from the New England Patriots to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where his longtime boyfriend Tom Brady is currently the quarterback. Uh, as somebody who is a big Tom Brady fan, I think this is great for the Bucks. We could talk about that, which we will much later in the show. But we've got some Angels news for you. Uh, like we mentioned, it's been a while since we've talked. Uh, first and foremost, I don't know, Jim, if you and I have talked about this. I've talked about this on other shows. I recently did a guest spot on the Incline podcast where we ranked the best. We did a March Madness-style tournament uh, to to rank the best restaurants, the best sit-down restaurants. You can find that on Spotify and iTunes. The Incline Podcast, it is a Dodgers podcast. I am friends with a couple of the guys who host that show. They were kind enough to allow this Angels host uh, onto that show. So go check that out. It was a lot of fun. Uh, familiar face that you've heard on this before, Ian Edward Nielsen hosts that show. I was happy to get a chance to jump on there with him and Kevin uh, and David as well, who, who also hosts that show. Anyway, Jim... Let's let's rewind the clocks a little bit to 2011. I was a junior or a sophomore in high school, getting ready for my junior year, and MLB 11 graced the cover or graced the store shelves for everybody to purchase. And there is one player in particular that they may have gotten wrong in terms of their uh, scouting report. So, Jim, who is that player, and why were they so wrong? Uh, some guy named Mike Trout, and they were pretty wrong because they said he wouldn't amount to anything. So we've got now, the a jury's still out on that. He <laughs> he could very well not amount to anything. I mean, I'm not a fortune teller. No, no, I, I highly doubt the guy will win any MVPs or be considered one of the best baseball players to currently play and ever play of all time. Uh, I highly doubt that. But let me break down the uh, the scouting report for you. Overall, Mike Trout was given a C rating. His contact is an F. His power is an F. His fielding is a C. His potential is a D. But they gave him a B for his speed. So a good guy to have off the bench if you want a stolen base. It says, if he goes yard more than half a dozen times, be thankful. It says, a competent defender makes the routine plays. So, of course, competent uh, fielder, a guy who can, of course, catch a fly ball. It says he can steal bases, but not as many as the game's best thieves, which I guess in 2011 at the time was like... Um, was that who's stealing bases in 2011? Would that be like what D Gordon maybe or Andrew McCutcheon? I have no idea. Yeah, they were both there. Um, and it says could be a decent regular, nothing more. So I don't know who was pre- creating the the scouting reports for MLB 11, the show, but I really hope they're fired because clearly they were 100 percent wrong about the best player in baseball, Mike Trout. Yeah, and uh, you know, little little pop quiz trivia for you. See if you can remember who was on the cover of that year's show. Two thousand and eleven was not Joe Mauer because he was twenty ten. No, it was Joe Mauer. 
Joe Maurer was, was back to back. Back to back. He That's was right. like the face of that that franchise for a while. Oh, I love Joe Maurer. I really do. He's uh, him and David Wright for some reason are the two are my two f- favorite uh, non Angels players uh, that I really really enjoy watching. Yeah, I, I I also enjoyed both of those, especially when David Wright could actually get on the field. Now, yeah, injuries of course derailed both of their careers. He was a difference maker. Yes, In fact, he was. During the World Baseball Classic, he basically led that team. Yeah, the 2006 World Baseball Classic, correct? Uh, 2006 and uh, later on. Yeah. In 2000, I want to say, just the the last one we had. So David Wright and Joe Maurer, if you're listening, I would love, both of us would love to have you come on the show and talk about your careers. Uh, Of course, I've done a little series about that, but uh, maybe we'll revise that series for a special occasion like Joe Maurer and David Wright. Um, Another thing that's going on, obviously, the COVID-19 pandemic is still ravaging the United States and the entire world. Uh, But the Angels are here to help, which I think is is tremendous. A lot of organizations are doing this. I don't want to make it seem like this is the Angels' idea because there are a lot of organizations that are still doing this. Um, The Angels have agreed to pay their workers. So these are non-baseball players or maybe it is non-baseball players. through the month of May. So I, I think that's phenomenal. We're, we're still in that period of, of uncertainty right now. This month was supposed to, and by this month I mean April as the time of recording, was supposed to be sort of the getting an idea of where we're going to be at in terms of COVID-19 next month. And then May was supposed to be sort of the month where we kind of start to loosen up the reins a little bit. Uh, and we're still not sure if the reins are going to be loosened up. But uh, I think this is a phenomenal look for the Angels. I think this is a brilliant idea. Again, the Angels aren't the only organization doing this, but I'm really, really happy that the Angels are doing this and paying those essential workers, or excuse me, pay, paying those workers uh, through the month of May to make sure that they are fine throughout that month. And let's not forget that that this also includes uh, General Ma- uh, Billy Epler and right. uh, Joe Madden and the the entire coaching staff. It's not just you know the the employee staffers and whatnot it's it is the higher-ups as well they are also affected yeah it it, all around it's just a good thing just to make sure that you know the popcorn guy is paid just to the same level as as joe madden with the same urgency and the same uh uh, want to make sure that your employee employees are paid and we're in really uncertain times right now and i think this is uh very very smart of the angels to do so there was an article, Jim, that you brought to my attention that I did not see. It's from Halo's Hangout, and it talked about the greatest pitcher in Angels franchise history. Jim, do you want to break down that article a little bit? Yeah, we can. You know, uh, uh, Jeffrey Bellwin was the one who who wrote it. And if you're not familiar with Halo, Halo Hangout, that place is just awesome. They got some amazing writers over there. So, yeah, they're they're talking about the the greatest you know pitchers. In Angels history, and we'll just go down the list here of what they had with their top four. Number four was Frank Tanana, who was just absolutely amazing uh, through the 70s into 1980. Uh, really helped put the Angels on the map. Then you've got Chuck Finley, the great lefty who pitched. Uh, when, when did he pitch? He was, I want to say, late 88 through the 90s. He was there for a while. So uh, he was the ace of the team. Always opening day. Um, Really, really enjoyed him. Number two is a guy that I, is like the first Angels baseball player I can say I grew up with in terms of coming into into the league, into watching him become a superstar, and that is Jared Weaver. And I'll be honest, I would give a lot 
to go back in time and see Jared Weaver pitch again because when he was on, oh man, he was on. I still believe he was on track to winning a Cy Young before he broke his elbow in uh, 2012. Yeah, I agree 100%. In my opinion, when I think about the best Angels pitchers, obviously the the obvious ones come up, Chuck Finley and Nolan Ryan. Uh, But Jared Weaver, to me, if you talk about fan impact, I went to Matt Shoemaker's, one of his, I'm a big Matt Shoemaker fan. I have no idea why. Actually, this is why. Um, And funny enough, when Jim and I, the last Angels game Jim and I went to was a Tigers-Angels game last season. It was right before I started hosting this show. And I bought a Matt Shoemaker shirt that, funny enough, I'm actually wearing right now. Uh, And it was Matt Shoemaker's rookie year. I had his rookie card with me. This was back in 2014. They were playing the Mariners. King Felix was on the mound, and Matt Shoemaker was making a start for the Angels. And uh, I didn't get Matt Shoemaker's autograph. I should have. He was warming up. I tried. It didn't work out. But I always really liked Matt Shoemaker. But when I looked down the line at third base, Jared Weaver signed autographs for every single fan down the third base line. He took pictures with every single person who asked for a picture. Jared Weaver embodied a fan favorite player. When you think about the best angels, Jared Weaver, in my opinion, is one of the first names that pop up right around with Mike Trout, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, excuse me, Vladimir Guerrero Sr. I wish he was junior, but it's not. Um, But uh, Jared Weaver, for me, consistently, he was phenomenal before injuries derailed his career. And uh, I mean, like I said, you talk about a guy who the fans really, really loved. And Jared Weaver, in my opinion, may not be statistically the best angel, but in my opinion, I think he is the best angel, best angel pitcher. Yeah, and just to close it out, uh, number one is, is Nolan Ryan. I mean, he's the only pitcher in the Hall of Fame for the Angels. His number's retired with the team, so he's going to take over number one. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll agree with you. And on the subject of Matt Shoemaker, um, I just want to bring up that I did fleece you a couple times in fantasy baseball using him. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's an extra little caveat right there. Yeah, so uh, Jim gets to rub it in the face that I am clearly bad at fantasy baseball. Uh, anyway, Mike Trout, we want to express uh, extend a congratulations to Mike Trout and his wife. They are having a child. Um, congratulates, congratulations to the Trouts for accomplishing that. Uh, and uh, hopefully the Angels get themselves a future, a future baseball player in about uh, maybe about 20 or so years. But uh, either way, good for them. We extend here at Believe in Angels a very special congratulations to the Trouts. We started with Trout News. We end with Trout News as we move now into the NFL Draft, which is coming up on Thursday. Uh, That is, of course, again, at the time of recording, it's Tuesday today. Uh, And there's a lot to be excited about. I'm a 49ers fan. Jim, you're a Denver Broncos fan. Uh, Both of our teams have very high draft picks this year within the top 10. uh, Excuse me, within the top 20. Uh, And uh, I'll tell you what. I'm excited for the NFL draft. I cannot wait to see where Joe Burrow lands, where Tua lands, where a few of these other guys, Chase Young, he's been bouncing up and down between two and three. We're not really sure what the Redskins are going to do at two or what the Lions are going to do at three. They talked about moving down. So we wanted to put together a mock draft for the top 10 of the order. So again, we're not going to do the whole thing, but we wanted to do at least the top 10 and we'll see who's more accurate. So Jim, do you have your mock draft ready? I'm ready to go when you are, my friend. Jim, I'll let you go first, and then I'll go right after you. <clears throat> okay, and I just want to—I just want to mention we are obviously not taking an account and making any trades Correct. because those things are incredibly unpredictable. So this is as it stands now. And so, Jim, Jim, before we, uh, Jim, before you yeah, start, before you start, uh, I do want to say just do—we'll do one pick at a time. So, so you say your one, then I'll do my one, 
and then you do your two, I'll do my two. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. so uh, number one with the Cincinnati Bengals, I think this is as close to a lock as we're going to see, and that's going to be Joe Burrow. It, it's been the consensus number one pick for months now, and come this Thursday night at about, we'll call it what, 5.10, 5.15 is we're going to see that official, and I cannot wait to see him in Zach Taylor's offense. Uh, I have to agree 100%. Joe Burrow is arguably one of the best quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, he is one of the best offensive options that isn't a receiver right now. It makes most, it makes, excuse me, it makes so much sense that the Bengals go after Joe Burrow. They're looking for somebody who can jumpstart their, their offense. And as much as I really, excuse me, as much as I like Andy Dalton, the guy is long overdue for a, uh, for a, a change of scenery, and I think they'll keep Andy Dalton on the roster at least for one year of Joe Burrow's contract, I, I think, and then I think midseason we're going to see Burrow take over. I, of course, I could be wrong about that, and I think I am going to be wrong about that, but uh, I really love Joe Burrow, and I think he fits perfectly with Cincinnati. Jim, who you got at number two going to the Redskins? Uh, number two to the Redskins, another one that's pretty much been a consensus. He is the best player in this draft, and that's Chase Young out of Ohio State. Um, with Ron Rivera getting there, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Ron Rivera, pretty good at defense in terms of calling a game. Uh, Young is just a different cat, man. That, that guy is going to be fun to watch. I also very, very much love Chase Young, and I think he fits really, really well with the Redskins. Um, you know, you got to go with an impact player, and the Redskins really don't have a whole lot of impact players on the offense or the defensive side. They've got, you know, a few a few highlights, but they don't necessarily have that guy that you can build around. And Chase Young is that guy. He is the best defensive player in the draft. He is arguably better than Nick Bosa, who was taken last year at number two by the San Francisco 49ers. I think this is going to be the second year in a row where we see a defensive end from Ohio State get taken number two, and this time it's Chase Young going to hopefully turn things around there in in Washington. Pairing him up with Ron Rivera is going to be absolutely perfect. I think Chase Young is going to be a future All-Pro, a future consistent Pro Bowl uh, defensive end. I don't know about the world, the Super Bowl odds there in Washington, but I think Chase Young will have one of the better careers out of most of the defensive players and maybe even some of the offensive players here in this draft. The Lions are now up, Jim. Who is going down to D-Town? Just really quick, I want to step back because I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Okay. I'm going to say Chase Young breaks the rookie sack record. Okay. We got that on record. I, uh, yeah, we got that on record. Uh, going to the Detroit Lions, uh, this is where I see the, uh, them. If they really want to make a run at things, um, they, they got – help me out here because I cannot remember for the life of me right now the name of their coach. Uh, it is Matt, uh, Matt Parada? Matt Patricia. Patricia. Right. There we go. Matt Patricia. Patricia. Well, we got there together. You're, you're talking about a running back for your team, so yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right, I, I, right. This is where uh, Matt Patricia. He is on the hottest of hot seats right now. He's got to do something. You take the best linebacker, and arguably the clear number two to Chase Young in terms of defensive play in this draft pick. Isaiah Simmons. That guy can play anywhere. They they need something because th- this guy is really a generational player he can do everything on the defense uh that was uh isaiah simmons you said correct 
Yes, Isaiah Simmons. Uh, the linebacker. Okay, so linebacker from Clemson. Anyway, uh, my pick is a corner. I think Detroit trading away Darius Slay and picking up Desmond Trufant helps a little bit. Darius Slay is uh, obviously big shoes to fill, and uh, but adding Desmond Trufant does help uh, out a little bit in the in the uh, in the backfield for, or excuse me, in the secondary for the uh, for the Lions. Uh, I like Jeff uh, Akuda. I think that I think I'm pronouncing that right. Yep. He is the corner from Ohio State. I think he's got a lot of really really high upside in terms of, you know, being an impact defensive player. You said it best, Jim. The Lions need something. And if they don't trade from 3 down, which I think they will, uh, if they stay at three, I think they should go after a corner or and or go after best available in terms of maybe an offensive line to help Matthew Stafford stay up, up front. If they trade down, I think they should look for a receiver to pair with uh, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Um, but for right now, if they stay at three, I think Jeff uh, Akuda is the guy to get. Um, if you're trying to build a defense around uh, anybody, I guess it can be him. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't necessarily name a whole lot of great Lions defensive players they have right now, uh, and Matt Patricia is a former defensive coordinator from New England, so why not give him some more defensive uh, pieces? Obviously, there are still a lot of holes that uh, Detroit needs to fill, but I think their biggest need is in the secondary, especially after getting rid of Darius Slay. I think Jeff Okuda fits, fills in quite nicely. Jim, how about the uh, New York Giants? Uh, with the New York Giants, this is where we see our first offensive tackle off the board. This is going to be Makai Becton out of Louisville, or Louisville, however you want to say it. I, I don't feel like getting director or hate emails to at intern underscore Phil. Yes. Because uh, I don't, I don't want to deal with it. Um, the, the Giants are going to have, they need to have an offensive tackle. They need to protect Daniel Jones. This is where I think they go with Decton. He has the most upside uh, most upside in this draft, uh, his potential is just is just top notch. I, I say you bring him in there, you start him at left tackle, and you forget about it. Uh, I've got for the Detroit Lions. I've got Isaiah Simmons. Um, I think they need some help in terms of linebacking. Uh, I really like Isaiah Simmons. He's a very versatile linebacker. I think he fits well in New York. He gives them sort of something to to add to that defense. A very, very, very weak defense. They need some sort of impact player. And while they're going to probably miss out on a guy like Chase Young and possibly a guy like Jeff Okuda, who, if Detroit decides to trade down and it, Jeff Okuda is there for, for the Giants, they should jump all over him. But uh, I think defensively they need a little bit more of a boost, and I think Isaiah Simmons fits really well. Here's number five, Jim. A, another wild card option here is the Miami Dolphins. Who's going to play for the Dolphins next season? Oh, you got Air Bear going here. I got Justin Herbert going, uh, quarterback out of Oregon. Um. It's crazy what a difference a year makes because everybody was talking about the tank for Tua. The Dolphins were trading everybody. I'm pretty sure at one point you and I were traded from the Dolphins. I was. So they could so they could secure all this draft capital. And then, you know, Tua has a down year due to injuries. I still think that Tua is the clear number two in this class. I, I am not high on Justin Herbert. I do not see anything that suggests to me that he will be anything more than a serviceable spot start quarterback. But okay. I mean, I'm not in the NFL. What do I know? But uh, I, I think uh, Herbert goes here. I think the Dolphins are just going to fall in love with him. Um, I have Tua going here. Um, I think, you know, I know, I, I know, Jim, you know that I've been critis- uh, very critical of Tua. I, I don't necessarily know 
where his ceiling or where his floor is at. And I think that is so enticing to a team like the Dolphins who have such a low bar right now uh, that even if Tua doesn't work out, it's still a good pick. Uh, you go off a of potential alone. We've seen a lot of, of Tua in terms of what his potential can be. And, and I think a team like Miami needs a face of the franchise. They don't have one. It was Cameron Wake at one point. It was Dan Marino at one point. Right now, there is not really anybody who can be the face of that franchise. And the hope was that it was going to be Josh Rosen. But Josh Rosen, I don't even know how competent of a quarterback he is anymore. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to be playing for very much longer. I mean, who knows? I didn't think he was going to play last season, but he ended up playing and having a relatively decent year. I think, Ryan Fitzpatrick will play as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick wants to play. That is correct. And I think even if they bring back Ryan Fitzpatrick for however long he wants to play, I think either way, even if you let Josh Rosen start for the first few uh, games of the season and you you bring in Tua later, then you can create some sort of buzz and some excitement for the Miami Dolphins bringing in a guy like Tua who can be a big-time difference maker. I know that his injuries are a big question mark right now, um, but... I think on potential alone, as much as I really don't think Miami should go for quarterback, I think they should address other needs like offensive line or their receiving core or their defense, which is horrible, and build around Christian Wilkes, who they drafted last season. I just think it makes too much sense for the Dolphins to not take Tua right now and give them a face of the franchise and give them essentially their own version of Kyler Murray. Let's move to Los Angeles. Really quick on the Dolphins, because I think that this is going to end up turning out like the 2012 draft that the Redskins had where they doubled down on quarterbacks famously giving right. up a huge trade package to move up to get RG3, and then took uh, Kirk uh, Cousins. Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins. Case, not Case Keenum. Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins. That's yeah, the Kirk one. Cousins. I get them mixed up because they're both mediocre. So. Well, I said it five times. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, technology. But <laughs> I would love to see them. Uh, I, I, I really think, and this is where I believe it might come into play, Jalen Hurts. In the third or the fourth round, yeah. I think he could come in there and just be that spark plug that they need. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm also extremely high on Jalen Hurts. I think that they're projecting him a lot in the third round. And in all honesty, I think Jalen Hurts is a much better quarterback than third round. I've seen him go to. I've seen a couple of mock drafts that have sent him to the Steelers, which I also think is a good fit. But I agree. I think if Miami decides to take a quarterback later, or possibly even bust out for Trevor Lawrence next season. Getting Jalen Hurts might be a good potential upside pick for uh, later in the draft. I really, really like Jalen Hurts. I think, and funny enough, uh, Tua took over Jalen Hurts' job in Alabama, which almost forced him to, to transfer to Oklahoma. So it'd be funny if they ended up on the same team again. But uh, let's move on to Los Angeles, Jim, where we've got the Los Angeles Chargers, who are picking at six. This is where I have uh, Tua Tungavaloa coming off the board. Uh, of course, quarterback Alabama. Chargers need something, and the the thought of Tua going into the AFC West, where I am a Broncos fan and they reside, scares the crap out of me, man. Yeah, yeah. I've got um. This is where I've got uh, Justin Herbert going. I think San Diego needs a quarterback. Uh, I wouldn't doubt if Herbert. San Diego needs a pro franchise. First. Yes, yes, they do. They need a whole lot of things. They just got some snazzy new uniforms, but. Uh, I think they really need uh, somebody to rally around, and maybe it's Justin Herbert. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the the earliest he'll go is maybe five to Miami, and the latest he'll go is maybe thirty one to the, or excuse me, twenty three to the Patriots. Um, but uh, 
I, I think the Chargers need a quarterback, obviously. I don't think they have one right now. Uh, and if they do, it's uh, uh, it's – uh, he used to be the quarterback for. Is it is it still Jones, the guy who used to be a quarterback for Ohio State? Was he their backup? They no signed? man, they got they got Tyrod Taylor there, and I I, have, oh. I fully believe that he can go in there and be a starter. Plus, uh, they also have Easton Stick there. Ah, right. Okay, so, so they've they've uh, yeah. got some they've got some some quarterbacks there, but you know, not going after Teddy, not getting Teddy Bridgewater. Not seems like they're not pursuing Cam Newton anymore. Uh, they need a quarterback. I, I agree that I think Tyrod Taylor can also steer the ship. He can be sort of what Ryan Fitzpatrick was last season for the Dolphins, being a solid quarterback uh, on a much better team compared to Miami. But uh, I don't know. I feel like this is the time for San Diego to find a new Phillip Rivers, and I think Justin Herbert might be that guy. Uh, he had a great year at Oregon. Um, I think if he came out of the draft last year, he would have got picked ahead of Daniel Jones uh, in for the Giants. Uh, so, I don't know. In terms of the Chargers need a lot of things, but I will say quarterback is probably the number one position they need to focus on, and they need somebody to uh, to build that offense around, and I think Herbert might be the guy. And if not, then it's going to be Tua, like Jim said. So the uh, Carolina Panthers, who lost their head coach, or fired their head coach, I should say, are here picking at seven. Yeah, I don't understand how you fire Ron Rivera and get better as a team. I mean, I you know. want to have a fresh start, whatever, but this is where I have uh, Jeffrey Okuda coming off the board. Uh, they they need some defensive back help, and he is the best on the board. And yeah, this is where I have him going down. Plus, they they, they they're going to need somebody there who can stop in that division with uh, some guy named Tom Brady there, and all the weapons that uh, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now have. Um, I, I'm going to go with Derek Brown, the defensive lineman from Auburn. Uh, I think you know the the, the Panthers have lost a lot. Uh, due to retirement and free agency in terms of their defense. They obviously lost Ron Rivera. They have a new quarterback now with Teddy Bridgewater. I I, I will say, however, I am not opposed to them going after an offensive lineman uh, at number seven to help build around for uh, for Bridgewater to prevent him from getting hurt again. But I think Derek Brown right here is a home run of a defensive lineman. He'll help sure up the, uh, the front run- line a little bit. A lot of running backs. Uh, in the NFC South, uh, you've got obviously you've got, uh, and I say a bunch, and I can't even name one. I was going to say Devontae Freeman with the Falcons, but I don't think he's there anymore. Todd Gurley is now with the Falcons. You've got Alvin Kamara with the Saints, and and you've got Ronald Jones and possibly Leonard Fournette if they decide to go after him. Uh, you need somebody. You need a big run stopper, and I think Derek Brown can be that guy to come in and help sure up the front lines for the uh, the Carolina Panthers and help get them back to the top of this division. They've got Christian McCaffrey, one of the best off. Offensive players in the NFL. They have a new quarterback this year. They got rid of drama queen Cam Newton. And I think now is where you build the defensive line. You take Derek Brown. The Arizona Cardinals took Kyler Murray last year. Where are they taking whoever at eight? I don't know where I was going with that transition. This is what's going to be scary is you've got Larry Fitzgerald. You've got DeAndre Hopkins. Don't remind me. You've got Christian Kirk. You've got Andy Isabella. And this is where you double up and add Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. The Cardinals are all about, you know, that, that air raid offense going four to five wide. Who are you going to cover? I don't know. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury is going to have a lot of fun. Uh, Jerry Judy is the consensus best route runner that I've seen in this class. This is a deep, deep wide receiver class. You're going to be getting starting wide receivers, you know, that can go be your number one or number two. You're going to be getting them as late as the fourth round in this draft. It is that deep, and Jerry Judy sits at the top of them. 
Um, I agree. Uh, obviously, as a 49ers fan, I'm not at all happy that the uh, Cardinals absolutely stole DeAndre Hopkins for the tech, from the Texans for nothing. Uh, way to go, Texans, you dumb franchise. I don't think it's stealing if it's given to you. Oh, it was such a one-sided trade. They, they picked up, they picked up a, a hurt and very fragile David Johnson and I believe a first-round pick for nothing, for just DeAndre Hopkins. and that Whatever. Anyway, uh, my point being is that the Arizona Cardinals need an offensive line so that Kyler Murray can throw to DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald and Andy Isabella. I was at the 49ers game on Thursday night on Halloween, my birthday, watching the 49ers take on the Cardinals. And I watched Kyler Murray run around all game long away from tacklers because, and while he can, he has the ability to. He's a very, very good mobile quarterback. Part of his game, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, He would probably like some time to throw to show that he can make those deep passes to DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk and doesn't always have to rely on passes over the middle or short passes to his running back. You need to give him more offensive line help. I know the defense for the Cardinals is really bad, but they had a couple games there where they were pretty pretty decent. I honestly think they played the Niners well defensively. Uh, They gave up some late touchdowns. Uh, which ended up to uh, which resulted in their demise in that game. But uh, Tristan, Wer- oh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Werfs, Werfs, or whatever from yep, Iowa. Tristan Werfs. Christian Tristan Werfs. I love him. I, I think he's a solid, a, a solid addition to the Arizona Cardinals. He helps solidify the right tackle position. Uh, they need offensive line help, especially if you have DeAndre Hopkins on your team. If you're going to trade for a guy like that, make sure that your quarterback can throw to him. And I think the only decision right now, unless somebody makes a dramatic fall, like a Chase Young somehow falls, I think offensive line is the best move for the Arizona Cardinals. I get your point with uh, Jerry Jerdy, and I actually really like that pick too. But I think right now for the Cardinals, offensive line needs to be priority numero uno for uh, Kyler Murray to succeed. A team that is extremely underwhelming is the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they pick at nine. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that the Jacksonville Jaguars need. I'm going to make this quick. You take Derek Brown out of Auburn, and you let the other pieces fall because uh, you already covered it earlier. That dude is dominant. You put him in the front seven and forget about it. Yeah, I also really like Derek Brown, but of course I I already gifted him to the uh, Carolina Panthers. So I'm going to go C.J. Henderson. I I think he is the second best corner in this draft. I know there are a few guys late that that, uh, a lot of people have talked about, but I I think C.J. Anderson being from Florida going to, or excuse me, not from Florida, going to the University of Florida and going to the Jacksonville Jaguars makes a lot of sense. They need some help in the secondary. They got rid of uh, Jalen Ramsey. Clearly, there is a lot of uneasy and a lot of unrest in, in Jacksonville. They talked about trading the, uh, one of their top defensive linemen. They've talked about moving on from Leonard Fournette. I have no idea what's going on with the Jaguars. To be honest, I think they need an entire revamp of their whole organization. I think they should sell the team and, and, and honestly look elsewhere for ownership and management. But uh, for now, I think C.J. Anderson fits well with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Granted, I know they need help on, in the offensive line and on the defensive line and especially at quarterback, but I believe in Gardner Minshew. And I think Henderson helps uh, helps tremendously uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars trying to rebuild that defense. Our final pick in our mock draft, again, we are only doing the top 10, a team that is the definition of mediocre, the Cleveland Browns pick at 10. Uh, this is where I have Tristan Wirfs going off the board because the Browns need offensive tackle help more than anything else you've got to protect baker mayfield so he can get the ball to his weapons this is still a very talented browns team they've only added to it this is where look 
Tristan Wirfs is an athletic freak. All right. This is the perfect fit for Kevin Stefanski's offense. You put him there. And like I said, for a couple other people and you just forget about it because he's, he's the kind of player where you've got to sink or swim and offensive tackle is a place where you have to sink or swim. You give him to protect the blind side for Baker Mayfield, and I, I, I believe in Tristan Wirfs. This is where Makai Becton goes for me. Uh, the, the, the Browns severely need offensive line help. I think one of the issues with Baker Mayfield is the fact that he does not really have much time to throw. Now, granted, I don't believe in Baker Mayfield a lot. I didn't like him coming out of Oklahoma last season. I have been proven correct for the most part that he is really not as good as everyone thought he was going to be. I know that Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen don't necessarily speak to the to that particular draft class, but with a guy like Lamar Jackson going to the end of that first round and not being taken over Baker Mayfield, I think it speaks volumes uh, as to where the Cleveland Browns' heads are at. But uh, I think Mekhi Becton does help a lot. I know, Jim, I believe you had him going a lot higher, but uh, I think he fits in nicely with the Cleveland Browns. He has, he, he has great footwork, his his strength the guy is an absolute monster he's he's quick he's fast he's six seven three sixty and a guy who moves that he's uh, about 200 pounds but uh i love him as an addition to the cleveland browns i i think he helps out like i said tremendously it's true baker mayfield has so many great weapons with you know uh, uh, Nick Chubb, they've got Kareem Hunt coming back this season, Odell Beckham Jr., Javaris Landry, they've got uh, David Njoku, I think is one of the best athletic tight ends who is probably not utilized a whole lot in that team because Baker Mayfield doesn't have a lot of time to throw. And I think if you give Baker Mayfield some time to throw, we can start to see his Oklahoma days and this team can start to genuinely turn around and be a lot better. Uh, I think they are very talented. I'll agree with that. I think they're extremely talented. But uh, I think they've got a good defense to build around, and they need offensive help, and they need offensive line. They need offensive line help significantly. And unless Cleveland, for some reason, on draft day, trades away Odell Beckham Jr., which would prompt them to probably take a wide receiver, I would say that um, drafting an offensive lineman here at ten is the smart move for the Cleveland Browns. And that ends our mock draft for the NFL draft that will be taking place on. Thursday, if you were looking for a full mock draft, we have a whole bunch of other sport uh, football-related shows that talk about that, so go check those out. I know I can suggest the Believe in 49ers podcast that Eric Davis hosts. Uh, I'm a big fan of that one. Go check that one out if you're a 49ers fan. I believe we have a Denver podcast. I'm not entirely sure. If not, Jim, you're going to have to get on that one, but uh, I'm excited for the draft. I cannot wait to see what happens. Jim, are, are you excited? Oh, man, I've had my countdown going since the, the calendar turned to January, man. This is my favorite time of the year. Yeah, and it's really, I'm really happy that they're still going forward with the draft because with all this COVID stuff going on, it was uh, really uncertain for the, the longest time. But uh, it's nice to know that we are actually going to be getting an NFL draft this year. Uh, it's going to be uh, t- you know through you know satellites and whatnot, but either way, uh, we're really happy to get football back. Hopefully, we'll get baseball back soon. Uh, Jim, I know that um, you know we, the MLB has talked about playing games in Arizona or Taiwan or Japan. When that story gets a little bit more developed, we'll talk about that next week, and we'll talk a whole lot about other stuff. But for right now, Jim, we're out of time. Well, you know, they can find us on the same bat channel, same bat network, and uh, we're always going to be here for you. 
That is right. And uh, I'm going to do a couple other things here just to get some some spring cleaning done. Uh, if you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. I cannot express more. Please go review the show. If you listen, go review the show. Leave a five-star review or a four-star and anything else, just don't, don't comment. But uh, – uh, we appreciate you listening, and, and we hope that you, you get a chance to, to send us out a review. We'd love to know how we're doing. If there's anything that you think we can improve on, again, tweet at me, at intern underscore Phil. Jim is on Twitter, at Sir James Radio. Um, I mean, tweet at me. I, like I said, I'm still going to run the competition. If you can, whoever sends me a fan question or, or I guess a constructive criticism about the show, I will send you something Angels-related. Again, don't expect like a Mike Trout jersey or anything substantially valuable, but something really neat that I think uh, you'll really enjoy. Uh, so again, at intern underscore Phil, the first person who does it. I'd love to introduce a, a fan mail segment to this show. You can find us at Believe.com, uh, social media, as we just talked about, Believe Podcast. We've got a bunch of subcategories, Believe Sports, on Instagram. So go give those guys a follow. Um, we got a bunch of great shows here. We just introduced a Believe in Padres show that's hosted by Heath Bell, which is awesome. I mentioned the Believe in 49ers podcast. We have a whole bunch of shows that cover everything that – you can think of, for the most part. I mean, we've got shows that cover video games, uh, dating advice, uh, relationships, The Bachelor, uh, basketball, baseball, football, hockey. I mean, literally every, mostly everything you can think of, we've got a show for. So if you're interested in advertising, again, BLEAV.com. That's going to do it. Next week, Jim, we'll talk about uh, the NFL draft a little bit, see who was correct. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about maybe the MLB getting started, hopefully by the beginning of next month. Yeah, plus I'm sure by then the the baby that's developed in Mike Trout's wife uh, will probably already be hitting homers, so I'm sure we'll have those to cover. And we'll have a lot more to talk about next week. We hope you enjoy the draft. Have a great rest of your week. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you again next time. Jim, say bye. Bye, Jim. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.